All right, the Brian Billick Report is brought to you by Mavis Discount Tire. Save on tires at MavisTire.com and by the Joseph Bood flagship store. Experience exceptional quality, style, and service at its very best. And by SeatGeek, which we'll get to in a little while. Uh, and SeatGeek, we could talk about Yankees and Indians, which we've been talking about all day. We can talk about uh, SeatGeek for that in Cleveland. And then here at the stadium where they're always expensive. But uh, let's do a little football with Brian Billick. Brian, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great today. All right, one of those weeks where basically uh, everybody came back to the middle. That's where it was. I mean, Atlanta loses at home and had some injuries. New England loses at home. Dallas loses at home. So Kansas City survived uh, and could easily lost. So everybody came back to the middle this week. It did, and we, we kind of talked about last week, uh, Mike, in that there are certainly outliers. There always are. Obviously, Kansas City seems to be on the positive end, and you look at a team like Cleveland on the other end. But but that's always when you get to the quarter mark, it does kind of get grouped up together. That's what makes this next quarter, getting to the halfway part of the season, very, very interesting because there, there can be some movement. You can get some solidification between what's the top tier in a, in a, in a conference or in a division, I should say, and then, you know, the next tier from there. So that's what makes these next four games so critical. And, and uh, those teams that look like they're totally out of it could actually make some grounds. And there's going to be some teams that obviously look pretty good right now that uh, could lose some ground. Well, we got two teams uh, with uh, co- new coaches and doing a good job here. Number one, Buffalo which is playing well defensively and has quality wins. I mean, uh, they they beat Denver at home. They beat they go and beat Atlanta in Atlanta, which is a – I understand they lost Julio Jones and Sanu and were down four defensive starters, but still they beat them. Uh, and that's a big win. They're 3-1. and one. Their defense is playing really well. They have only allowed 54 points. So that's a that I mean that was those are a couple quality wins for them and right now they're three and one and on the other side the Rams who go into Dallas down eleven and getting and being driven on in the second quarter next thing you know they flip the whole game upside down both ways and dominate the game in the second half and now they're three and one so you got a couple of coaches leading those teams to surprising thoughts yeah and in Buffalo you talk about the other loss they had on the road at Carolina but it yep. was 9-3. Yep. And that easily could have gone the other way. I I as you know Mike we always I, I put a great deal of value at road wins. Yep. And when you look at again what we just say okay the next quarter mark getting to the halfway mark of the season when you look at Buffalo and they've got Cincinnati, Tampa Bay they're at Cincinnati, but they're home against Tampa Bay and Oakland. We know about how West Coast teams travel in the East Coast and then go to to the Jets. And then the Jets are showing that they're a little bit better than we all thought. But still, that, that's a game. So the next four games, you know, this they're going to make a real run here. And and momentum is all is about you know in the NFL, it's all about momentum or can be all about momentum. And you got to appreciate that the next four games could be really critical for them. And with the Rams, I'm very like everybody. I'm very impressed with what they've done at the Rams, and they they, they kind of piece this thing back together. I doing a bit today on my show uh, playbook on the NFL Network. It's on at six o'clock. When you really look at the Rams, you look at the depth of that receiving core. I mean, obviously, we know that Gurley's playing well, running the ball well, and he's their leading receiver. So he's, they've added an element with him out of the backfield. But when you look at, at they went out and got Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods from Buffalo. They drafted in the second round Gerald Everett, this tight end, and then Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup, who just all of a sudden shows up and makes nothing big, big plays. We haven't talked about Tavon Austin. So they're, they're receiving core with a good offensive line and, and a defense that has 
five first round draft choices in the front seven. Uh, this Washington or this uh, uh, L.A. Ram team under Sean McVay, all but the young Sean McVay, they look absolutely to be the real deal. Both these teams, Buffalo and and um, L.A., look like they have the chance to solidify the top of their divisions. Yep, Seattle plays the Rams this week. A uh, very big game in that division. Uh, if the Rams ever win that game and go to four and one and open up a couple of game lead in that division, that would be very impressive. I mean, this is a big, this is a good, really a little bit of an acid test for them this week. It is, but let's remember how well they've played Seattle, particularly at home. Even the last couple of years when they weren't the best of teams, they've they've played Seattle very well and have beaten them. So to, if they can beat them at home, and there's no reason to think that, that they don't have that ability, particularly playing in L.A. Then they play Jacksonville, Arizona, and the New York Giants. So you again, let's talk about the four-game run leading up to that. You know, not, that's not a real stretch to say uh, that that, uh, that that I they obviously could be on a four-game winning streak at that point. Sit there at seven and one. They uh, they're certainly capable of it. All right, what's your message to an zero and four team that thought it was a playoff team? The Giants made the playoffs last year. They thought they were a playoff team this year to a man. I mean, everybody did. I mean, most people. If you took a consensus in the preseason, most people had the Giants in the playoffs. They're now 0-4. They could have won their last two games. They had leads in the fourth quarter. Their defense is broken down. Their punter shanked two punts at the end of games. Any which way they have found ways to lose. They got beat on a 61-yard field goal. But they're 0-4 right now, facing a very hard schedule over the next 12 weeks in a town that doesn't take to this very well. Uh, what is a young coach who's only in his second year? What's his message to his team when they're zero when they thought they were a contender and now they're zero and four after four weeks? Well, it's interesting. I think the message of Andy Reid in a four and zero Kansas City team is is the same message as an zero and four Bob McAdoo has, or a coach McAdoo, I should say, for for New York is just kind of shut off all the outside noise. Don't let, don't get caught up in it. Okay. You know where we're at. You're looking at the film. You see how close we are. We're a play here, a missed assignment there, stepping with the wrong foot there. Uh, we're not that far off. And, and they're going to play at home against a, a Los Angeles Charger team that obviously is very beatable, has not looked good themselves, coming West Coast to East Coast. They then got to go on the road to Denver, but then they're home against the two teams we just talked about, Seattle and L.A. So, They've got a chance, and obviously this week, if, if they at home can't hold serve against the Los Angeles Charger team, then now now you're talking about chaos. you know uh, chaos. Uh, pa- yeah panicking yeah. you know on a biblical level uh, because I don't know then at that point how you you do it you just say well we're we're just gonna you know dial it up and channel your best Belichickian hey we're just all about Denver how you know, how hard is it though Seattle. coach how hard is it though to Keep your guys insulated, and in, in any city, forget it that it's New York. In any city where there were big expectations, and everyone knows what zero and four virtually zero and four is considered to be a death knell. Now, whether it is or not, okay, one team has made the playoffs in the history of the league. Forget that, and we know it's about getting a W and getting to the next game. But how easy is it for them, or how? I guess better question is how hard is it to shut off all the noise and and all the outside stuff and everything they hear about how their season's over before they even get deep into October. Yeah, when they're in the building, you can because you're all about the work. 
and and you're all about the focus of whether it's meetings and weightlifting and the practice itself. It's it's once they leave the building. That's because now they whether they go to the market, they go to pick up the cleaning, they go home. Everybody's chipping away at it, and everybody's got a reason, and everybody's going to point fingers, you know. And it's hard not to get drawn into that. It takes a real veteran, you know, uh, uh, maturity to kind of hold that at arm's length. But even with that, you can't, you just can't shut it off. And you know, all we got to do is win. All we got to do is get a win. That's the only way. You can't argue about it. You can't discuss it. You can't rationalize it. You just have to get that win and hold on to all those things that you thought you were pretty good at and say, can we just get us a win? Then you get the next one. Uh, and it does. And at, at this point, if they should go on and lose to the Chargers, then then all of a sudden now you have to deal with, uh, well, is he losing the locker room? That's that's the, the cliche phrase that a coach where a team is having a difficulty, which, I, of course, I'm a coach. I'm never going to buy into that. The locker room loses itself. It has nothing to do with the coach. But the message, do they believe in what you're doing, the game plans you're putting out there, uh, it's it's not a good place to be. Yeah, and especially when you're only a second-year coach, too. I mean, you had a good first year, you won 11 games, but you're still only a second-year coach, and you're going through this. This is a tough thing for any coach to go through uh, and a young coach to go through who's only in his second year. So that is, a you know a without question, a very, very tough place to be uh, at, at that juncture. Uh, New England, stunningly, only one team has allowed more points. Their defense isn't bad. It is hideous. I mean, it is. I mean, they're putting up a ton of points. They've scored 30 and lose. I mean, last week they come back from 30 to 16. They tie the game and let them march right down the field and get beat. They're making teams that haven't scored look good offensively. Anybody is killing them offensively. Everybody is killing them offensively. How do they get through this as they we all know they're going to score plenty of points they got Tom Brady but this thing has reached a crazy uh, a crazy level for their defense it has and we're not used to seeing that of course we're always we're always kind of seeing a Tom Brady and he's going to pull it out at the end and they almost did uh and uh, or have in a couple instances and that's kind of masked the fact that they have given up points but you're right the thing that jumps out at me when you look at it and they've always been so uh, strategic about the way they put a team together and, and who and what they are. But when you look at this defense, the question becomes, and I'll pull a Belichickian, okay, it's always, well, you got to stop what a team does best and you got to attack, you know, and count for their key players on defense. Well, if you look at their pass rush individually, who is it you've got to account for? Who is it you have to chip on? Who is it you have to double or turn your line towards? Uh, in the secondary, who is it you've got to stay away from? Who's the guy that you say no? This and 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 what's happening is they're trying to have to do some things in the secondary to 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 minimize the uh, you know slow down the bleeding so to speak, and they're breaking down. You, you there's any number of plays you can look at where guys they're just they're blown coverages, and all of a sudden they've had a, pl- a couple teams that have been able to take advantage of that, and it's, they just get gouged in the big play which is very untypical of a New England Patriot team. Very strange. A very, very different year for them. Uh, And not what anybody expected, too, because, I mean, you know, a lot of people felt this was going to be one of their stronger additions, and their defense has completely unraveled here. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. Now, listen, it's a long way to the end of the season, but they are not, you know, the forecast was for them to win 14 and 15 games this year. I mean, that's long gone now at 2-2. and 
Yeah, and we always talk about that. They always have also a comfort zone if they stumble a little bit along the way in the AFC East. Yep. Well, who's going to catch you? Well, we just talked about right now the Buffalo Bills. And you're going to have to catch the Buffalo Bills because we just talked about how the next four games could play out very well for Buffalo. And now you find you're having to, you're actually in a division where you, you, you know, you, you can't build that, that cushion that you may have to catch up. And now unique to New England, they may find themselves in not the AFC East, but in the AFC wildcard division. Because if Buffalo can continue to win, now it's more like, okay, who we're really competing with are those other teams in the AFC West. You know, and, and, and what's going on with the depth in the AFC? You know, Houston is a resurgent with Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously, I think Tennessee is still a good team, although losing Mariota is going to be a tough one for them. In the AFC North, you know, right now it looks to separating a little bit. You got to think Baltimore will be back a little bit. But so, you know, you're competing in a larger wild card division than just the AFC East. No question. We're talking with Brian Billick. And the other thing is the Cowboys, you know, uh, the Cowboys thought we are going to actually make this line stronger. We're going to get free off right tackle, which they wanted to do for two years. They made the adjustments. They had the three big players, obviously, at, at the three spots. And we're going to integrate our other young players into the other spots. And this is going to be an even better line. And voila, the line has taken a big step backwards. So that is fascinating. I mean, they wanted to get rid of these guys. And they wanted to adjust the line around their big three. And now the line's going backwards. Yeah, and any time you mess with a group like that, it, you know, there's, it's, it's, a, it's like a puzzle. And all of a sudden, just one missing piece and, and you lose the integrity of it. Uh, plus, obviously, they, they haven't shown that ability. Now, let's remember, they, 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 they gassed the Rams pretty good in the first half. And they were up and down the field. And then the Rams finally adjusted because the Rams didn't actually match up that well with them. And they seemed to get better fits. And then, obviously, offensively, they, they, they picked up. And that defense, we know Rod Marinelli does a great job. But it's still a defense that you know, still has some issues that it has to deal with. Um, but so, and, and, and they lost to what appears to be now a very good Los Angeles Rams team. But the key is that it was at home. So now they're the same thing in the division now, where it's okay. How, you know, where are we in the division? And you're looking at a Philadelphia team that re, has a resurgence with that physical running game with the hair blunt going on right now. And even though Washington lost, they 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 look pretty good. Against no, Washington played well, team. and and what, listen, they that game play. that game was you know forget the last touchdown which was freakish. I mean that was a three point game and a game easily Washington could have won. Yeah, so now Dallas finds themselves in a, in a dogfight, not just for the division, but like we said, that now you get into that NFC wild card look, and it gets a little more complicated in the NFC because you're talking about both LA and Seattle, obviously uh, in the West, uh, in the North, Green Bay, uh, Detroit. Uh, looks looks very very good uh, in the South. Maybe one of the best divisions because you know New Orleans. Even though they're terrible on defense, Drew Brees is always going to keep them competitive. Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay. So it, there again, just like I was saying before, Dallas. If they cannot make ground uh, and and win the division, they get into a very crowded AFC wild card uh, division look. No question. It's wide open right now. There's not, you know, Kansas City looks good, but it's it really is wide open. And even Atlanta, they look, you know, uh, Matt Ryan looked like a different player when he didn't have uh, Julio Jones and Sanu to throw the ball to down the stretch. He, he was looking for them; they weren't there. What he had was little receivers he couldn't find. So uh, they wound up losing a game. That's only one game, but still, 
I didn't think they'd get beat at home all year, so that surprised me. So, uh, you know, this league looks like it usually is. You know, after four weeks, hard to figure. The one thing, though, New England's not as strong as they were, which is the one surprise for everybody. Which makes it exciting because, as you said, to start the piece, everybody's getting pushed to the middle. Yeah, there's a couple outliers. And, and injury will change it, too, as we get to the quarter mark, the th- halfway mark, and the three-quarter mark. Regrettably, that will change the dynamic of what we're talking about. But right now, you push everything into the middle, even a Kansas City included. If you had to put a paycheck on, on okay, who's going to be the six uh, uh, teams in the playoffs, um, you're not going to be real comfortable with that because there's so much football left to play. And there's not any – everybody has shown – uh, a little bit of uh, a chink in the armor, so to speak, with the exception of Kansas City, and we'll see where that shows up. To me, the key to them is obviously what you know the explosiveness. Alex Smith is doing his normal, better than seventy percent completion, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. But who'd have thought we'd ever see Alex Smith third in the NFL in average yards per attempt? Amazing, really is. It's going to be going to be fun as we start uh, quarter number two. Thank you, Coach. We'll talk next week. Appreciate it. Sounds great. Uh, buying a ticket can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to do it with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season, whether it's sports or something else. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. To get the most uh, bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket and then values it, and then you can check it out by identifying it, which fits your budget. It doesn't end with football. Anything you're looking for. Best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code code Billick today, B-I-L-L-I-C-K. That promo code Billick for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek right now, right seat right now, right from your phone.